This is First Down Dynasty, right here on the Sports Ethos Network. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is another Tuesday evening right here on the Sports Ethos Network. As always, I am Bill Nye, the Fantasy Guy, accompanied by Eric Kravitz, and you are listening to First Down Dynasty. Kravitz, how was your week this past week? It was not as good as I'd have liked it to be. Um, In the league that matters most, I knew I was going to lose this week. Like I had five guys on week five by, and Saquon Barkley was out, and he's my second running back. So there was a. I went into the weekend fully expecting to lose in the, in in this particular league, but God damn it, will I had hope. I shouldn't have had hope. Hope is a very dangerous thing, and I had it going into um Sunday night with that Cowboys uh 49ers game, and George Kittle had three catches, pulled the old Jordan Howard special, and turned each touch into a touchdown. So it wasn't anything that I was excited about and all my hope just dwindled away much like uh much like my love for twitter because twitter is turning into a cesspool you can still find us there by the way at fdd underscore ethos we're also on uh twitter at bnk radio other than that i had an okay weekend made some trades saw a trade that had no business being approved get approved but we're not here to talk about that we're not here to talk about. Uh... Well, we, we we could be here to talk about that if you wanted. I mean, trades no, no, going no. through is... or uneven trades are this a part not of a the therapy... game. Listen, no, no, this is not a therapy session. This okay. isn't some, and, and especially is... coming from me, somebody who has been accused and never proven of making some other. Uh... Well. On, some on, other on, um, some other other types of trades. On on a side note, I won one matchup this week, not in the way I would have liked to, but I'm not going to really complain about it. I won a matchup 190 to 178, and the person who lost had Aaron Jones on Monday night, and then Aaron Jones being active and did not have any options to switch into the matchup, so therefore I won essentially by default. And while yeah, you don't kind of want to win that way. At the same time, we were the two highest scoring teams of the week. So I'm just going to take the win and move on. I, I, I lost the matchup like that. Well, only I, lo- I lost by 0. 0.4. I Did lost you... 127 4 to 127. Did you have Aaron Jones and was a that... late scratch? Yes. Ooh. Yes, I did. And yes, he was. And because the way a lot of dynasty leagues are set up, you can't make same day ads. So I couldn't even make a free agent ad to put literally anybody else in that slot. I could have added Patrick Taylor, who was available and who had just enough to put me over the edge to win that matchup. But instead, we take L's out here and we move on. Um. Yeah. Speaking of L's, <laughs> speaking of L's, uh, there were quite a few of them this weekend. Uh, we lost a lot of really good fantasy players to inj- injury. Yeah, some some might say, you know, some injuries were, oh, karma. 
for people's trades. Whoa, 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 whoa! What do you mean, <laughs> karma? I'm just saying. Anyway, moving right on. The man we hyped up all week last week, Devin A-Train, because I'm not possibly going to remember exactly which enunciation he wants to go with. He's out for a few weeks, possibly going on IR. And since he came back, so three weeks in, he's averaging 23 points a week. So an absolute monster loss for A-Train owners. And yeah, I, I, I am an A-Chan owner. Um, in, in quite a few leagues, in both Redraft and Dynasty. The most important Dynasty I do have him in, however, is a tanking team. And we determine our draft order by max points scored. So it is heartbreaking for me in a lot of other leagues that um, HN is going to be out for a minimum of what it looks like four weeks. It looks like he's going to be put on IR with the knee. I'm not completely unhappy that I won't be getting points added to my total in that league. And that's the 32-teamer, Will. We need our max points to be as low as possible. Well, at least we got a good running back for the future. Uh, Arguably the best wide receiver in the league is also out for at least four weeks. Potentially more. Justin Jefferson uh, left the game. Everyone thought he'd be you know, out maybe a week, but evidently much worse than that. And Justin Jefferson was really the only thing going right for Minnesota. And now a lot of question marks for a team with only one win on the season. I mean, first and foremost, we hope uh, Justin Jefferson gets better. It's a hamstring injury. It's a soft tissue injury. And to be put on IR for that, the rumor is about six to seven weeks right now. Um, so if you are a struggling team with Justin Jefferson, you could try to trade him. Just don't trade him for Zay Flowers and James Cook. You can do significantly better than Zay Flowers and James Cook for Justin Jefferson. But uh, that's sounds neither like a redraft, here, right? Is neither there. It sounds like a garbage trade is what it sounds like. But again, we're not here to talk about repercussions of trades in other leagues because we could literally do that forever. Um, speaking um, of things but, we could do forever, though, James yes. Conner James is also hurt. Tell me if you've heard this story. Oh, that... I've seen that one already. You don't. You don't need to. Uh, you don't. You don't need to repost that. I saw that. I saw that last year, and well, the year before, and the year before, and the year before. Well, it's been like two years since like he missed a lot of time. So I thought we'd reboot it. You know, just bring it back. Okay. Um, Blow on it. Make make sure all the dust is out of it. Exactly. N sixty four a couple of times. Okay, it makes yeah. sense. Um, and you know, going. It feels like it's been forever ago, all the way back to last Thursday for the Thursday night game. Khalil Herbert, he's got his foot stuck in the turf, and he bent backwards, tried to come back and play. It didn't work. After the game, he said he'll be fine, and now we're hearing he's going to be out multiple weeks. And Roshan Johnson also had a concussion in that game, and Travis Homer also had an injury. My God, do the Bears need a running back? Or, hey, here's an idea. Justin Fields, start running it again. Let, let's not go crazy. Let's take a step back. 
Justin Fields finally knows what it's like to throw the football in a positive light, Will. We don't want to take that away from him. We don't want him to completely change up everything immediately. We got to let him get comfortable a little bit. We got to let him soak in the waters, get his feet wet a little bit. Shout out Surprise Lake Camp. Khalil Herbert is Khalil Herbert being hurt is really bad. Khalil Herbert had an amazing showing these past couple of weeks before he got hurt, and he was finally starting to pull away from Roshan Johnson, who also hasn't looked completely terrible in relief of uh, Khalil Herbert. But now all these guys, like you had, you I guarantee you, less than three of you, less than three of you knew Travis Homer was on the Chicago Bears before this weekend. I guarantee it, because I didn't know Travis Homer was on the Bears. Will, did you know Travis Homer was on the Bears? I still thought they had Tariq Cohen on the on there somewhere, uh, to be perfectly honest. But uh, I, I did, yeah. in fact, know Travis Homer was a Bear. Well, thank you for proving me wrong. The point <laughs> is, all these guys being hurt, and on top of that, Dante Foreman has been a healthy scratch for the past two weeks which goes to show that they were comfortable with Khalil Herbert leading the way. This, I think, is a very big loss for a lot of teams because Herbert was drafted in zero RB leagues as a running back one, possibly a running back two. He wasn't somebody that a lot of people were looking for for legitimate depth. And now he's gone, and it'll be tough to replace him, even if Roshan Johnson comes back, because he could still be in concussion protocol. Will mentioned it earlier. He was uh, he was removed from the game on Thursday as well. And we don't know what the deal is with that yet. And he, like I said before, he's looked all right. So he's somebody that could be picked up if necessary. You know, I, I it brings Oof. me back. Nothing good happens on Thursday night games. I mean, we found out DJ Moore can still ball we found that out on thursday night but other than that i hate thursday games for the most part the negatives always outweigh the good and it feels like there's always a major injury at least one in every thursday game now compared to the nfl in general yes there's a lot of injuries but i don't know it always feels like you end up with more injuries than not especially on thursdays and i just don't like it it's also typically a bad product you have so many teams in the first half just not start out hot and if... I mean, we, we we've seen a lot of Monday night injuries too. This is like, true too. Other than yeah, like for four weeks straight, we saw some horrendous season-ending, almost life-ending occurrences happen on the field. And lately, thankfully, people have been leaving Monday night healthier than they would have prior. Uh, but Thursday, like we said, the absolute worst. The absolute worst, like for the games themselves, the absolute worst for the health of the players. It's on Amazon Prime, so I feel like the NFL isn't getting a lot of ad revenue, even though they got a shit ton of money up front. Like Thursday night football is nice, but it's not necessary. They you still get you that. to watch it, though, and that's the unfortunate thing. As much as I complain about it, I'm still going to watch it because it's on, and yep. they still got you. So we're not going to see the end of it, even though I think we all would like to. Uh, but the interesting thing is... I always find it fascinating when you have the, you know, upper echelon receivers. And when you only have DJ Moore or, say, a Jamar Chase, and you have guys injured, like T. Higgins did not play this past week, 
And you basically look at the other receivers in Chicago. I referenced these two guys for a specific reason. There's really only one weapon on both offenses that's very significant. So how you consistently leave them open or don't have these guys double covered is beyond me. Because if you were living under a rock in the fantasy world, both these guys put up monster days and went over 50 points for the week. We know someone that had both of them on the same team. Suffice to say, I'm pretty sure he broke a weekly record. Nuts. Had I not made a trade, I would have had both of them on the same team. Aren't you tanking in that league, though? Yes, but it would have been cool to say it, and I would have gotten a lot more than I did. Huh. So you'd be a tanking team with, like, one win and the second highest point total in the league. How does that even make sense? I have no idea. I mean, that's where I am right now. I'm one and four. I am the third, the fourth highest scoring team in that league with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. And I traded back for my first round pick and that that trade involved DJ Moore. Fascinating. So it could happen. It's happening. It's (laughs) happening daily. Although now without Justin Jefferson and I got my first win this weekend because of Jamar Chase. So without Justin Jefferson, my team can, you know, continue to heal properly, I will say, and make sure that I'm where I want to be come draft season 2024. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because we were having a conversation earlier. Uh, Justin Jefferson is on IR. He's out four weeks. So he's due to come back week nine. I don't remember. Is there? I think their bye week is in the late like week they have a week 13 by week and he can't come back until week 10 week 10 would be the earliest six yeah Mm -hmm. that would be the earliest but by week 10 this team is currently one and five if they are one and nine or two and eight by the time he's eligible remember justin jefferson does not have that new fancy contract this team is likely going to lose kirk cousins at the end of the year in a situation where you're one and nine and you kind of are going for the top overall pick. Now, a lot of competition there, a.k.a. the Giants, the Bears, etc. But if you're the Vikings, do you, in speaking of tanking, do you kind of just let him, you know, heal, get right, don't rush, not even, you know, before the four games are up, kind of decide, we're going to hold him out for a few more just to make sure that he's healthy, but also the fact if we do lose all these games, We have a better shot at Caleb. Uh, (laughs) We start getting into that territory. It's really tough. It's really tough because at the end of the day, sports is is not a uh, it's not something that's fun. It's something that's meant to make money. And without Justin Jefferson on the field, who's the best wide receiver in football today, arguably one of the best of all time. As much as I would like to see Justin Jefferson not come back and get completely healthy, I don't think that it's in the best interest of the business that is the Minnesota Vikings to keep him off the field. Now, Justin Jefferson can say, oh, I'm still hurt. 
I want to make sure that I go into my contract negotiations 100% healthy. I need to make sure that you guys are going to do right by me. If you don't re-sign Kirk Cousins, then you do draft a Drake May. You do draft a Caleb Williams or a Penix or another quarterback in the first round. And right now, they have a top three pick. And if they continue to go winless, like you said, they'd be one in nine by the time Jefferson can come back at the earliest. So if I'm Justin Jefferson, I want to know what the future of the Minnesota Vikings looks like to make sure that I have a quarterback with me that can help me continue to grow. Because he's in that rarefied air of being one of the best to ever suit up. And he's and and that's for a team that has had Chris Carter, Randy Moss, and now Justin Jefferson. And not, that's not even mentioning how good Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen were for the Vikings. Like the Vikings have royalty in that wide receiver room. And Justin Jefferson might be one of the best, if not the best, out of all of them. So if I'm JJ, I want to make sure that my future with the Minnesota Vikings is secure. And I want to continue to heal. And I want to get as healthy as possible. And the rumor is that he's not in a rush to come back either. You got to think about that too. So if I'm JJ, I don't want to come back. If I'm the Vikings, I want him to come back. And that's going to be a very delicate balance to try to, you know, work, work for them together. Absolutely. And, you know, don't you wish right about now, if you're the Vikings, that Thielen guy that you probably should have brought back and just given him a little bit more money. Yeah, he's doing pretty well. Definitely one of the bright spots for Carolina in the early part of the season. Some somebody trade me a second round pick for him, please. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll get to that. Um, but with all these injuries, a lot of notable injuries, multi week injuries as we get through, you know, the heart of the season and bye weeks are now fully in swing starting this week as we get to week six, seven, eight, nine, uh, where a lot of the bye weeks are. There's a lot of people to fill in. Now, obviously, with Dynasty, not as many options, um, but typically there are a few to be had. We mentioned last week Jaleel McLaughlin with Javonta Williams being out. Um, they are on a short week, so no word if he's going to be able to suit up this week. So McLaughlin will likely get another start. And obviously, Kansas City's defense a little bit less. Wait, 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 wait. Javonta Williams had a full practice today. Oh, did he? Well, still, short week. He had week. a full practice today. Still, short yeah, week, but, no, you uh, never know. Sean Payton had said if it was a playoff game, he would have played him, but he didn't want to risk anything further. And McLaughlin had a great day against the Jets, but Javonta Williams is the lead dog in that backfield. We will find out so, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah, I, I got to get the facts straight, man. You, you got We got to give the people what they need to know. Javonta Williams practiced in full today. Well, as someone that is a Javonta Williams owner... I am terrified of the thought that he's even going to be active, and I doubt I'm going to start him anywhere, even if he does play this week. Um, Kravitz, there's a there's a long history between the Washington football team commanders and whatnot and their tight ends. Their tight ends have a lot, a lot of talent historically and a lot, a lot of injuries historically. So there is a current trend that fits this mold, and Logan Thomas has showed he fills right in to a former Washington tight end role. 
do you trust him moving forward? Can we likely see what we saw this past week from Logan Thomas? I mean, why not? Tight end is so barren and so bare and so dumb, regardless of what you saw this weekend from the highest scoring, you know, Sam Laporta's, George Kittles, all those guys. Mark Andrews had a couple of drops that bum. Um, he kind of had to see what he can do regardless. Been in the league nine years. He's never once been healthy. Um, but the commanders don't look awful. Sam Howell threw for over 380 yards. Granted, most of that came, not most of it, some of it did come in garbage time when they were trying to tie the game last Thursday. But he was on the field for 79% of the team's snaps, had 11 targets, had 77 yards and a touchdown. There are worse there are worse ways to chase a tight end. And yes, I know exactly how that sounded. And I stand by it. <laughs> uh Logan Thomas is somebody who and he's only owned in 22% of sleeper leagues. That means there are 78% of all the leagues on sleeper he's not owned. There's a good chance that if you're listening to this show, he's already owned in your league. But take a look. He's definitely worth the speculative ad. The thing I find interesting is the lack of consistency from anyone on the commanders. And that, that that's everybody. That's Terry McLaughlin. Uh, that's uh, Jahan Dotson. Uh, Brian Robinson. Antonio Gibson, especially, who's taken more of a backseat than people thought this year. You know, Sam Howell put up 300 yards this past week. But just absolutely no consistency about, you know, the pecking order. The tar- target amounts, uh, Dotson had a week this past week that was okay. The week before, barely anything, and vice versa for Terry. So I just, I'm frustrated with this offense because I don't know what to expect on a weekly basis from their better weapons. And you just like to have a better idea. And you're just not getting that right now. I mean, if we knew the answers to that, if anybody knew the answer to that, they would be probably a billionaire. Just knowing exactly what to bet, how to bet it, who to trade away, who to trade for. It's it's tough. And and the team is ridiculously inconsistent. It's not not like Sam Howell is a bad quarterback. This is his first year starting. He was a rookie last year, and he didn't do anything. He's only had six starts. It's and and he he's shown some flashes of brilliance. We did know Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson would probably take a step back, just because playing with a quarterback who doesn't have a lot of experience and doesn't have an incredibly high draft pedigree, there are going to be some growing pains there. So I, I for one did not go anywhere near Terry McLaurin in redraft at all. I had a feeling that he was going to have at least a rough start. I did take some Jahan Dotson because I I always have a dynasty mindset when I draft. And Jahan Dotson came into the NFL with a lot of hype. He got hurt a little bit. He had a lot of touchdowns last year in the short amount of time he was on the field. And this preseason, he was one of the most hyped players in the entire league. And I fell for that, and I'm ashamed of it. That being said, Brian Robinson has really taken over as the only quote-unquote consistent piece of that offense. He's uh, running back two most weeks. 
And I feel like he's somebody that you could try to make a deal for. Because I feel like the longer this season goes, the less and less useful Antonio Gibson will get. So Brian Robinson, just by you know sheer dumb luck, is going to get all of those opportunities. I think he's somebody to keep an eye on moving forward as a potential trade target. And uh, we mentioned the myriad of injuries. With James Conner out, Keontae Ingram, who was the backup for the first few weeks, dealing with a neck injury still, has not played in the last two games, may potentially be on the mend for this week. But if he's not, the pickup is Amari DeMarcado. DeMarcado. I want to make sure I got that right. And... Obviously, what to expect. I don't really know if you're going to get anything significant out of either guy, but starts are starts. And if DiMarcado is the starter for the next month plus, obviously a lot of value there. And Kravit mentioned him earlier in the show with all the running backs out for Chicago. Donta Foreman is the pickup. They also did Chicago sign Darrington Evans uh, during the week who theoretically could also be picked up, but obviously Dante Foreman's going to be the lead for at least this week, and then you should probably get Roshan and Travis Homer back before you get Khalil Herbert back. So a shorter window for Dante Foreman to be effective, but definitely a fill-in for at least the next week or so. Agreed. Um, KJ Osborne can end up doing something with Justin Jefferson out. He and Brandon Powell are going to see a lot more targets moving forward. Obviously, they're going to take a backseat to Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson, but we mentioned it before. The Vikings are a bad football team. They're going to be playing from behind, which means they're going to be throwing the ball a hell of a lot. So if you're looking to see who's going to get the targets, by all means, go ahead and look at KJ Osborne and Brandon Powell. I, I do own and a lot of Hawkinson this year. I'm hoping that he wakes up. I would love that. Um, I have him in a few leagues, too. I'm trying to get him in another league, but the guy who has him won't give him up, even though his team is arguably the worst redraft team I've ever seen in my entire life. He would be better off starting our last pickup suggestion than anybody else on his team right now. And that's saying something once you hear who this guy is. Well, Daniel Jones did get hurt this past week. Shocking, it took him five weeks behind that line. We as Jet fans thought our line was atrocious, but our line has actually consistently gotten a little bit better each week um, before you know more injuries settle in. But either way, I know the Giants have had a lot of injuries on their offensive line, but by far, theirs is the worst in the league. And they got, are getting their quarterback killed, and he now has a neck injury. We'll see if he's out. My gut feeling is they're not playing for anything. They're not going to put him at further risk, at least this week. Which means Tyrod Taylor gets a start. Kravit, Tyrod Taylor is kind of like, what was that movie? Good Luck Chuck. Where the guy sleeps with a woman, and then the next guy they date, they end up getting married. Tyrod Taylor is the guy that's always picked to be the starter for a young quarterback and then gets hurt and loses the job in the first, like, three, four weeks of a season. And that guy ends up becoming a franchise quarterback. He's done it with several quarterbacks. So, obviously not that situation, but wouldn't it be funny if Tyrod takes a week or two, gets hurt himself, Daniel Jones comes back, and turns his season around completely. 
I don't know why on earth you would make a movie reference and expect me to understand it. I forgot who I'm talking to. We, we've been best friends for how long, Will? A long time. A very, very, very long time. Well, I did. I did. I did explain it. <laughs> I, did, I did. I did explain what I was talking about. But listen, there, 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 there is absolutely no reason for you to say here's a movie reference, Crab. You'll understand. No, I, I don't think that's how that would work at all. Anyway. Um, those mm-hmm. are the primary ads for the week. Most other players probably owned um, some players that are probably likely going to be dropped for some of these ads if you're lucky enough to get them. Um, Kravit, a few weeks ago, we were fully expecting Zach Wilson to be benched and pretty much because what we were seeing was the worst quarterback play that we were used to at the end of last year at times, but by far the worst quarterback play of any team this season. Well, Mac Jones and the New England Patriots have said, hold my beer, as Zach Wilson has started to look more like an NFL quarterback. And Mac Jones has kind of slid into the Zach Wilson role. And that offense is now the biggest hot mess I have seen, not in a Jets uniform in a long time. Can you pretty much drop any and all Patriot weapons outside of Ramondre Stevenson? First and foremost, I need to revel in the fact that the New England Patriots are the worst team in the National Football League. As a Jets fan... I feel like that's something that you and I really need to think about for a second. Well, I, I unfortunately, that, the, my thought is we still lost to that team. But yeah, please continue. God, can't have goddamn nothing, can I? I can't revel in the fact that just for one second we are not as bad as the New England Patriots. We're, we're, we're our record says that we're better than they are, and you are what your record says you are, Will. And the fact that they have been outscored, what, 40, 75 to 3 over the last two weeks, where we took the Kansas City Chiefs to the limit and we completely, not completely, we, we had our way with the Denver Broncos. And you're not going to allow me to, to celebrate the fact that we were able to. Ugh, why'd you? Now I'm mad. You took that away from me and I'm upset. Drop everybody not named Ramondre Stevenson or Hunter Henry. Just get rid of them all. They're all useless. They're not doing anything. Hell, even in super flex league, because I can think of 32 other quarterbacks I would rather have than Mac Jones. Should do it in heartbeat. It it is quite pleasing to think that they are having more problems than we are right now. This is very satisfying. Uh Calvin Austin has been filling in with the Steelers. People had picked him up. Uh, Deontay Johnson is probably expected back after their bye week this week. And obviously with George Pickens and Fryermuth likely coming back also after the bye. Um, no place for Calvin Austin. He's probably a good drop with the Detroit Lions. The very, very good 
Detroit Lions. They got Jamison Williams back on the field this week. They didn't make much of an impact right away. Amon Ra missed this game. Likely he is either due back or very, very close in the near future. They still do have Marvin Jones, and they still do have Josh Reynolds. Sam Laporta looking like the tight end god pick of draft picks from this past year. So all these weapons tell you if you picked up Khalif Raymond as a weekly fill-in, you could probably drop him again. Nothing going on there. Van Jefferson got traded to a team that does not throw the ball enough this past week, notwithstanding. But even if they did throw the ball, he's like fifth on the depth chart still as far as receiving options, maybe even sixth. So that trade really is not going to do a damn thing for him. We're talking about the Atlanta Falcons, by the way. Being traded to the Falcons as a wide receiver is a freaking death wish. There is nothing there for you. You are behind B. John. You're behind Drake London. You're behind the quote-unquote resurging, because I don't believe it, Kyle Pitts, question mark. Very weird. Um, you're behind Mac Collins. If you're on a depth chart and you're battling Mac Collins for time on the field, I am unsure that that's where you want to be for the foreseeable future. I would have absolutely nothing to do with that. But hey, it's not Van Jefferson's uh, decision to be there. He wasn't performing in LA. They traded him. Let's see what he does in Atlanta. And uh, Kravit, we, we, as a Jet fans, we got into a debate over Dalvin Cook briefly. We signed him to an $8 million contract for this year. Obviously, to, especially in the early part of the season, be a kind of 1A to Brees Hall until he got up to speed, especially, and then a good, you know, balance back so Brees didn't have to carry a ridiculous load, uh, keep him healthy longer in the season. Obviously, the Rodgers injury changed a few things. But Dalvin Cook so far has looked pretty bad. Looked a little bit better this past week, but overall has looked really bad. And now Brees Hall is no longer at a snap count limit. So odds are Dalvin is not going to see the types of touches. But is he droppable is the question. Even just last year, over 1,000 yards, but looks like a shell of himself. Uh, I wouldn't even say he's a shell. He is a shell of a shell of his former self. He has been arguably one of the worst running backs in all of football, if I do say so myself. He has a total – I want to make sure I get this right. He has a total of 57 points in PPR right now. He has 97 yards on the ground. Four, hold on. Again, I want to make sure I get this right. I lied. He has 20 points in PPR. He's the 57th ranked running back. He has 97 yards on the ground on 36 carries. Okay. He has eight receptions for 44 yards on only eight targets. Okay. Dalvin Cook, I, th- I think he's washed. Dude's absolutely done. There's a reason why the Vikings did not bring him back. There is a reason why he wasn't getting signed by Miami. There was a reason he wasn't getting signed anywhere else. And we gave him a pretty good deal uh, for both he and the Jets. The Jets, apparently, they can cut him any week and they won't owe him any money for the rest of the year. And Davin Cook, uh, Davin Cook gets 
paychecks worth $8 million if he's on the team for 17 games. Dalvin Cook has no business being on this team. Michael Carter has been better than he is. Izzy Adabanka has not seen the field. He is probably better, and I'm saying probably because I haven't seen him, but he's probably better at this point than Dalvin Cook is. And I know your point is a solid point, but I would rather I, I would rather have somebody else than Dalvin Cook if he's only capable of what he's shown us so far. Well, I'm I'm hoping. See, the problem is Dalvin was also coming off, you know, multiple injuries at the end of last year that evidently, uh, dating back to training camp, he was not actually fully healthy from, but still healthy enough to play. So my hope is learning a new system coming in late and dealing with injuries uh, that, you know, were really kind of swept under the rug a little bit. I'm hoping that there's at least a little bit of a resurgence. And also, as we, you know, come to know with the Jets, there are typically a lot of injuries, especially to the Jets. God, I hate it. Torn Achilles injuries. That's two they've taken from us this year. And one wrong move and Brees Hall unfortunately, potentially gets hurt. So I would like to still have that backup because on this team, the starting running back role is still very valuable considering they do not pass as much as some of the other teams, at least with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Um, So potentially still droppable, but I don't know. I personally think I'd like to hold on just a little bit longer. Uh, And as Kravitz mentioned, Kyle Pitts is alive. He had a game. He had catches in that game. He had a lot of catches in that game. I don't know what to make of it. Also because I think the Atlanta Falcons threw more in that game than like the previous two combined because Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and Jonu Smith, forget about Bijan Robinson, a few catches, but all three of them had over five catches. Like what happened? Desmond Ritter had literally the best game of his entire career. That's what happened. They were playing and they, they, they were playing against a pretty bad Houston Texans defense. That's what happened. They were playing against a team that, you know, was playing, I, I want to say playing not to lose instead of playing to win. And partially part of that is because CJ Stroud is still trying not to throw an interception so they aren't being as aggressive with the football as they could be. There are a lot of reasons why the Atlanta Falcons had their best game of the past three years that with their game against the Texans this past week. But you can only play who the schedule dictates. And Kyle Pitts and Drake London, even Matt Collins got involved. Tyler Algier had a two-point conversion. Like That was the best the Falcons have looked in an incredibly long time. Are they going to win more games? Maybe. But... Desmond Ritter has to keep playing this way if he even has to try. All right, before we end our show this week, Kravit, I have a question for you. Famously, a few Uh weeks ago, you traded for Mr. Joe Burrow. Can you remind me what you gave up for him? I traded for Joe Burrow a late first-round draft pick and a starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, and his name is Jordan Love. Interesting. Uh, the bye week came at a perfect time because Jordan Love has looked lost the last few weeks. Uh, probably a light return for getting Joe Burrow, so congratulations. But I wanted to ask, if I extrapolate that, should a late first and Brock Purdy 
get me Patrick Mahomes? No, because Patrick Mahomes is literally on track to be one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Joe Burrow's one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Now, granted, he didn't play like that for the first like three weeks, but still, he's seemingly a little bit back to the way things should be. I, I, I understand where you're coming from, but Patrick Mahomes has the track record to prove that he is a generational quarterback. He is, without a doubt, one of the best players, not necessarily just quarterbacks, best players to ever lace up a pair of cleats. Interesting. I'd like to remind you, Brock Purdy mm-hmm. has not lost a game in the NFL. That he has started That's and fine. finished. I I understand that, and I appreciate that. Let him go to a couple of Super Bowls. Let him win a couple of MVPs. And then he could be in the same conversation as Patrick Mahomes. Hell, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is is a lot closer to the Brock Purdy than than I care to admit. Interesting. What a crazy time we live in. It, it, it's insane. I, w- I would put Brock Purdy as a top 12 dynasty quarterback right now. Nuts. I don't know. Right? Like, it's insane. I, I would probably add another first or two, but starting with Brock Purdy, if the team with Mahomes, you know, needs a lot of help, two firsts, three firsts in Brock Purdy is a pretty goddamn good way to get rid of Patrick Mahomes and still get some value back, which Not is a weird thing to say. Yeah. About the last pick of an NFL draft. The fact you're talking about Brock Purdy in a trade for Mahomes and you're not being laughed at. Where even I remember five, six months ago when we had a startup and I drafted Purdy and I still put him ahead of certain other people, you were still unsure at the time. I was a little bit more certain, but there was a little bit of uncertainty. And now five weeks into the season, I think those questions seemingly have been answered. As he is one of the top quarterbacks this season. Yeah. I'm I'm very happy to admit when I'm wrong because I love to be wrong about these things. Oh no, not that, that you were wrong. To there, be wrong there was about a certain level things. of uncertainty, not that you were wrong, but just now I think he has proven that there is no reason at this point to doubt anything. Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. There is no reason that Brock Purdy can't be a centerpiece of a dynasty team moving forward. There's no there, there, there's no way around that. Um, four dynasty teams grab it. One more question for this week. It is week yeah. six. At yes, this, it is. At this point, you kind of yes. have an idea of where you're sitting. Is this the week yes, where you start making those decisions where, all right, nothing's happening. I'm either going to just stand pat or I'm going to start selling people off in bulk. Is this the general week? at this point in the season where your record will dictate your next steps for this season. I mean, if, if you're a degenerate like me, you're doing that week too. <laughs> if I'm <laughs> seriously, if you have a good idea about where your team is going to be and how your team is performing, um, I, 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 I have a pretty, I have a pretty short leash and I'm very happy to lean into the skid one way or another very quickly. And so far, it hasn't let me down yet. Like, like I said, I, I had a league where I had Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and DJ Moore, Tua Tungavailoa, and Trevor Lawrence are my quarterbacks. My team has looked awful through five weeks. 
And week three, I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to start selling off and I'm going to get my picks back and I'm going to get more picks. And that's exactly where I've what I've done. And it's been working out for me. You got to make these decisions like that. And week five, week six is a perfect place to start to. But you need to be able to commit to the direction. And that's where a lot of people have the issue. You need to you need to talk to yourself and say, hey, I need to sell these pieces in order to get prime real estate back. And if that's the decision you want to make, if that's the direction where you want to go, you need to hold your ground. You need to be able to make the moves that you want to make without impunity. You want to be able to make the more moves you make, the easier it's going to be to move on from bigger pieces because you're going to see your team with all the assets in front of you. Because like I said, Will and I have a team. We have 12 picks next year, seven of which are in the first round. I wouldn't, I wouldn't make, I, I wouldn't trade any of that for anything right now just because we have a lot going for us and we've been tanking the right way. So if you're going to do it, please do it the right way. Yes, we got like five first round picks for Patrick Mahomes alone. So yeah, that would be tanking the right way. Uh, so we want to wish everyone luck as we get into bye weeks this week. No Steelers, no Packers. We, we finally start to see some of those matchups where you start to look and you see a team and you're just like, yikes, not a good week. Probably not this week, but starting next week, week seven, and then week nine, 10, 11, those are the big weeks and probably a lot of pickups and drops just to get out of bye week hell for some people coming up so with that we'll be back next tuesday evening for week six we'll pretty much be at the halfway point next week for the fantasy regular season so crav and i will kind of have some mid-season assessments and you know if guys you know may be able to keep up their production for the rest of the year or not uh so definitely uh tune in for that as always i am bill nye the dynasty guy he's the crav We'll see you next week. Have a good night, everybody.